Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Holy shit, it's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. The first episode of 2019 is here. Have no fear on today's first episode of 2019 of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. The NFL playoffs are all set. LeBron James is out here doing propaganda TV shows. And the six sickest fucks of 2018 are announced. And the sickest fuck of 2018 is anointed. All that and more. Plus, we have second year Los Angeles Laker Josh Hart on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. He discussed winning it all at Villanova, living through LeVar Ball during his rookie season and what it's really like playing with LeBron James this year and why the heck he plays so damn hard every single night with Los Angeles Laker, my guy, Josh Hart, on a big body 2019 happy motherfucking new year. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, it's the first one of the year. I need something nice. I need something real proper. I need something real funky. Let's go. Bowl season is here. It's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Do not be that guy with no rooting interest. As your relatives, your friends sit around watching the game and making money. Not this year. It is really the most wonderful time of the year when it comes to sports and when it comes to sports Betting, make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up today at my 
Bookie, they pay fast when you win. The ownership there really cares about fantastic customer service. And they have the best, the craziest, the easiest prop bets. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to win money during the bowl season, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them. I use them. But you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. Join now. Join today. And my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a real nice and real proper bankroll for bowl season. They've also got NBA and NFL bet lines and props. Use the promo code Rappaport, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. When you deposit to activate the offer, that's Rappaport at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Go to MyBookie.ag now. Do not forget to use the promo code Rappaport. Happy, happy, happy New Year. Have no fear, the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. The 2019 inaugural, inaugural, whatever the fucking pronunciation of the word is. The inaugural 2019 I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. I hope everybody had a fantastic New Year, a safe New Year. You will be hearing that once and only once from me. I don't say Happy New Year. Uh, I say it once. I say it today. January 1st, 2019. You're not going to hear me talking about it. January 14th. I'm not going to be saying it uh, at the end of January. You certainly won't hear it from me uh, weeks from now. Happy New Year. That's it. That's fucking it. It doesn't need to be a long-term discussion. Just another day, another New Year, 2019. Uh, Before we get into everything, I want to first say thank you to all the motherfucking fans of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. If you've never listened to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, welcome. You are now rocking with the best. We do things rough, rugged, and raw, hard body karate, no fact-checking, pulling no punches on this podcast. I'm about to take you 50. rounds into the deep, deep, deep water. As I mentioned earlier, today's a big, big day. Big, big day. We are announcing the sickest fuck of 2018. I've gotten all the comments. I've gotten all the criticism. I've gotten all the questions about the sweet 16. The 16 sickest fucks of 2018 were broken down on the last episode. Uh... At the top of the show today, I'm going to give you the top six. We call it the sweet six, the sickest, the six sickest fucks of 2018. And at the end of the show, I am going to do the, the, I got to be honest, uh, Jordan Winter and Miles Davis and the entire Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast community, they have had their hands in breaking this down. Um, but inevitably, the decision is coming down to me. Who the sickest fuck of 2018 will be. Um, It hasn't been easy. Um, There's been quite a lot of feedback. I understand it. There's been groups of sick fucks that were left off the list uh, entirely. Um, But inevitably, the hard decision is being made at the end of this episode. 
as we head into 2019, and as I mentioned before, this year, um, there, uh, there will be categories. We have Florida, animal violators, and others. Okay? We're having categories in 2014, just like the Oscars. They have best short film, best animated film, and of course, best film, best actor, best supporting actor. The, the, the sick fucks are so out of hand they're coming in so uh, at such high volume that we need to break things down in categories so next year we could keep uh, keep better tabs on them. Because I'm going to be honest, there are sick fucks that are not getting the acknowledgement that they deserve, but you can only give one chip out each year. Okay? You can't give uh, the second, third, and fourth place winner of sick fuck of the year an award. You just can't do it. They should be happy that they're even being discussed on an award-winning podcast. Later on in the show, Los Angeles Laker, Josh Hart. I love the way this dude plays. Played four years at Villanova. Won the championship versus North Carolina. Uh, came out. Last year was his rookie season. Kyle Kuzma, him, Lonzo Ball. The, the three young Lakers, they're the baby Lakers. He uh, has seen it all so far. I mean, so much has happened uh, if you're a Laker in the last two years, and Josh Hart has been on the front lines. Uh, last year, of course, was Lonzo Ball's rookie season, and it was uh, the, the, the year of LeVar Ball. Of course, they got LeBron James playing for them now, um, and so much more with Josh Hart later on in the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Really, really great dude. Great insight to what it's like playing in the NBA now, what it's like playing for the Los Angeles Lakers uh, alongside of the king, LeBron James. And yes, I have things to say about LeBron James, but before I get to that, I went to UFC 232. UFC event 232 at the Forum, the Great Western Forum, the Fabulous Forum. In Inglewood, California, which is weird because when Michael Buffer was said, welcome to UFC 2002, welcome to Los Angeles. I was like, we ain't in LA, Duke. We're in Inglewood. Let Inglewood live. Let Inglewood shine. We're in Inglewood. We're not in Los Angeles. I don't know why they did that. If he did that on purpose, you know, they're, they're, they're building the Los Angeles Rams slash uh, Los Angeles Chargers stadium down there, which was like half built. I saw that. Um, it was a great night of fights. Got there early. I went with my man Jay Berg. Call him Jay Bone. Uh, we were sitting ringside. Shout out to UFC and Dana White for, for hooking me up again. I appreciate it so much. We had a great night. And of course, the, the two main fights uh, was John Jones versus uh, Gustafsson. Um, and I predicted uh, that fight. That wasn't like some out-on-a-limb prediction. It was kind of an uneventful fight. Uh, Jones won the fight. Uh, Gustafsson wasn't able to get the magic going. It wasn't really that exciting. Uh, and, and he, I don't know, I couldn't tell if he choked him out or like how he submitted him. He did some crazy shit. That's the thing about John Jones. It seems like he'll just make up some shit on the fly and kick that ass. Um, there's been a lot of controversy, steroids, not steroids. I choose to believe what has been presented in front of me, uh, that if they were able to have this fight, there were no steroids. If Gustafsson 
I can't say his name. He's Swedish. I call him the Swedish Drago. The actual real Drago. I saw him at the fight. Drago, yes, from Creed II. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, he was there watching the fights. Um, but John Jones won that fight in, in sort of very undramatic fashion. Uh, there were a few fights beforehand that were that were good. Very, very rough, very exciting. Um, there was a, the, 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 the second fight that we saw were two big guys. I can't remember their names. They were throwing down. It was all standing up. They were right in front of us. You could hear the punching. You could hear the, the, the effects of the punching. It was crazy when you're that close to it. And for some reason, even though it was sold out at the forum, there'll be moments in between uh, screaming and yelling that are it's so quiet in there. It is so quiet at certain points in the fight. Um, and and when, you, when you, it's quiet and you hear, puh, puh, and it's like hitting body parts, it's, it's impressive to watch. It's daunting and impressive. Uh, the, the highlight fight was Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunez, both Brazilian fighters. I thought Cyborg was going to be too big, too rough. She's sort of like, if you don't follow UFC, Chris Cyborg is like Mike Tyson in his prime. She's beating the shit out of everybody. As much as a, a fan of uh, Nunez, and I wrote about her in my book, This Book Has Ball, Sports Rants, from the MVP of Talking Trash, which if you don't have a copy of it, shame on you. Shame on you. Um, it's a great book. I'm very proud of the book. It's a shit-talking extravaganza um, that you could get on Amazon. You could get it at bookstores. Anywhere they sell books, you can get... Uh, this book has both sports rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. But Amanda Nunez beat the shit out of Chris Cyborg, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, been on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast in, in dramatic fashion in the first round. And I think the fight only lasted about two minutes. It was rough tumble. It was a Brazilian brawl. And Nunez won. And she won uh, uh, pretty easily. It was very fucking, it was hype. Because if you're a fan of uh, UFC, like I said, Cyborg's reputation precedes her. And she's beating everybody up. Uh, but Amanda Nunez is now officially the champion, uh, for the time being, the baddest woman on the planet. And she took the title. It, it was not given. It was earned. It was absolutely earned. And it was taken. Uh, and that was really fucking exciting. And it left everybody speechless and put everybody in a frenzy. And then, of course, Jones and Gustafsson came out there. And it was just a fucking dope, fun night of UFC 232. I am Podcast. Before we go any further in the show, because uh, as I mentioned, later on, we're going to announce the sickest fuck of 2018. I, I, I need to do the six sickest fucks of 2018 and then later on i'll be making the impromptu tough decision of who will be that guy that dude or lady could be a woman we have some candidates that are female we've never had a sick fuck of the year who's a female she'll be that breakthrough athlete it happens um, who knows if it'll happen this year? Um, but here are here are the top six. The one seed, uh, the Kenwick, Washington homeless man that was on meth, found the injured beaver on the side of the road and 
Uh, didn't didn't help it, but decided to fuck it. That's uh, number one. Number two, see the uh, Robert Crossland, the junior high science teacher that fed a a puppy to a snapping turtle in front of kids in Preston, Ohio. Um, he comes in uh, in the top six. Number four, the ten Louisiana State House of Representatives who voted yes, who voted yes in favor of citizens being able to fuck animals. Ten senators, all Republicans, who voted against the bill are, that's ten sick fucks in one. They, they said there's no problem in the state of Louisiana to have sex with animals. They, they couldn't just say, let's just move forward collectively and say, yeah, we were none of us are down with that. You didn't want to do that. The five seed, uh, who's the fourth sickest fuck of 2018 uh, in Thailand, a man that cut the dick of his best friend off after he tried to seduce the man's wife. And if that wasn't bad enough, he then fed it to his dog. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Why should I? I'm not going to learn how to pronounce this guy's name, uh, but you could look it up. His first name is spelled S-U-Wit. So it's Suwit some shit. He had been drinking at the home of his colleague, his friend, who I can't pronounce his name. One of them was 39. The victim was 50. And then uh, while he was making advances, they got into a fight, and then he cut the guy's dick off, and then he fed the dick to the dog. Coming in at number five, the seventh seed, the fifth sickest fuck of 2018, the downtown Orlando, Florida man who in broad daylight that was arrested for practicing karate by kicking swans in the head, consequently kicking swans' heads off in broad daylight. It happened at 9.30 a.m. The guy's name is Rocco Joseph Mantella, was practicing karate by kicking swans in the head. He is number fifth. He was the seventh seed. And the 14th seed, oh yeah, the 14th seed, and, and, and she's got to be one of the favorites to be the sickest fuck of 2018. The Oregon woman who believed her ex-boyfriend was cheating on her, who took his dog, a chihuahua, and cooked it in the oven. The woman's name is Noel Georgia Moore. Please feel free to look these people up. We are not creative enough. And I consider myself in the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast and the fans to be very creative. We are all collectively not creative enough to make these things up. These are all factual and fact-checked sick fucks. We, we go so far to break rule number one of the I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast, which is no fact-checking, of course. We fact-check these sick fucks, especially when it gets down to the line, when it gets down to the coveted sick fuck of the year award. We make sure that these are all verified sick fucks all these things actually happened. All these things, all these people are actual people. Later on in the episode, I will be announcing the sickest 
fuck of 2018. Stay with me, folks. So, the NFL playoffs are starting this weekend. The NFL playoffs are starting this weekend. It is week 18 of the NFL season and week one of the playoffs. We're here. We are here. We are here. If you don't know the seating, the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New England Patriots are the two teams that have buys. That's right, the New England Patriots who are dead, New England Patriots who are finished, the New England Patriots who are all these sorts of things. They somehow, someway, had a buy. Um, this week, the AFC teams, the sixth-seeded Indianapolis Colts, quietly, 10-6, and six, are playing the Houston Texans, who are 11-5. Houston Texans, your quarterback, my fucking guy, Deshaun Watson, my quarterback. That's my quarterback. It's my quarterback. You let my quarterback get sacked 60 fucking times. First of all, how the fuck are you guys 11 and 5? Number one, your quarterback should not be sacked 60 times. Yes, Deshaun Watson runs. Yes, Deshaun Watson holds the ball a little bit too long. But 6-0. 6 D times, 60 fucking times. Usually, a quarterback after a winning season, 11-5 and is a winning season, the quarterback will buy the offensive line like gifts. Sometimes you've heard like Joe Montana would buy his offensive line cars, he'd buy his uh, offensive line uh, watches. This offensive line should be buying Deshaun Watson a new house. You should be ashamed of yourself. You let the quarterback get hit that fucking much, same thing with the Indianapolis Colts. Do not Andrew Luck just came off fucking back or neck surgery or some shit. He's he's also another one getting hit. Tom Brady's 41. He don't get hit. The other game is the Los Angeles Chargers playing the Baltimore Ravens, who beat their ass a few weeks ago. The Ravens, they fucked up the Los Angeles Chargers, which I'm still tempted. Uh, and my instinct uh, is still to call them the San Diego Chargers. The NFC. Our guy, Sean P., the other Sean P., shout out to the great Sean P. from Brownsville, the rapper Sean Price. Uh, Sean Payton's New Orleans Saints are 13-3. and three. They are the number one seed with the bye. The Los Angeles Rams, 13-3. and three. They are the number two seed with the bye. The eighth-seeded Philadelphia fucking Eagles at 9-7 and seven are playing the third-seed Chicago Bears. In the wild card playoff game, and the fifth seed Seattle Seahawks are playing the fourth seeded Dallas fucking Cowboys. The playoffs are here. Have no fear. The NFL, this is when it gets really good. I'm done with fantasy. I'm done with playoff weekly fantasy. Listen, if somebody talks real crazy and reckless to me, maybe I'll play them. But as far as I'm concerned, I am finished with fantasy football until. Mm, July. You know what happens in July. July is when we start back up again. Uh, scouting. Of course, we pay attention in the offseason a little bit. Uh, but champions, we're in Hawaii right now. After the win and the loss that I took in my two 
fantasy football leagues. Right now, uh, collectively, my fantasy football mind is in Hawaii. Literally, I'm in California. Fantasy football-wise, I'm in Hawaii. That being said, I, I, I love NFL playoff football, and I can't wait for these four wild card games to start this Saturday. This fucking Saturday. You know what that date will be? January 5th. 5th. January 5th of 2019. I'll say Happy New Year another time. In the NBA, um, we are in some sort of conundrum. I love Russell Westbrook. Love him. How could you not love Russell Westbrook? How could you not at least respect the shit out of him? Um, The other day after a game, uh, Russell Westbrook went on a tangent and said... uh, while he was dressed up like a employee at Foot Locker, um, said, I'm the best rebounder in my position. I'm the best passer in my position. No, you're definitely not the best passer in your position. I'm the best defender in my position. I could do everything, and I pride myself on doing that. I, I, I respect all that. Why, Russ? L- listen to this clip from, from the great Russell Westbrook. Uh, Billy, two more for Russell. George, you know, right on down the line, they, they say... No matter what your percentage is, they want you to stay aggressive. They want you to take the, the good looks. Is there ever a time where you, you're like, man, I'm not shooting well tonight? And does it ever change your, your approach? You know, My shot? approach never changes. Like I said, like I just told you, scoring the basketball is not the only thing I can do. I'm the best rebounder in my position, the best passer in my position, the best defender in my position. I can do everything, and that, I pride myself on doing that. And every night, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do it every single night. And if I'm scoring it ain't it that night, then I'll give somebody else to do it. But You know what? You're definitely not the best at, at your position, Russell Westbrook. Um, winning championships. Um, we could sit here and talk about Kevin Durant being a bitch and a snowflake and a, what do they call him, a snow cup and a, uh, what, a cupcake and all that stuff. And he left and all that stuff. Uh, that's, that's years ago. You guys uh, sucked in the playoffs last year. You're playing well now. Um, You got bumped out of the first round last year in the playoffs. Um, Russ, as much as I love you, you're not winning jack shit this year. Yes, you're always a hard out because you're fantastic. Why are you... You would never hear... You would never hear players... Allen Iverson never talked like this. Ever. Never, ever, ever. Latrell Sprewell... Guy played his ass off. He played hard. Moses Malone, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas from the Detroit Pistons, Kobe, Shaq. He he talked that way, but it was always like, you know, self-effacing and being silly. But like, why are you talking about this in December? Like, yo, the only thing that matters is fucking rings, my man. And the way everything is going, Russell Westbrook, and I love you, you ain't winning no fucking rings. So you're the best passer at your position? No, you're not. You're all these best things at your position, but are you the best winner at your position, Russell Westbrook? And I say that with no disrespect. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, when my man Steven Jackson said you were soft and all that stuff, I kind of felt bad for you, Duke. Uh, I think you're talented. I think you're bugging, though. Andrew Wiggins, they got booed the other night. He plays for the, uh, he got booed, uh, specifically. He plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He shot 5 for 12 from the free throw line. 
and he got booed. You shot five for 12 at the free throw line. Motherfucker's getting paid $25.5 million a season. Now, I ain't counting pockets, but if you're getting paid $25.5 million a season, you should be able to at least shoot 70% from the free throw line. After that, soft-ass Andrew Wiggins said, we got a few shit fans and we got some good fans here in Minnesota. Duke, this ain't Canada. Andrew Wiggins is, of course, from Canada. This ain't Canada, my man. You don't talk about your fans like that. You shot five for 12. You are the problem. You should have booed yourself. You should have said they're right for booing me. Don't point the fucking finger. Point the finger at yourself. Because when you're pointing outwards, everybody, while uh, you're listening to this, point outwards. You see the three fingers? See your pinky, your ring finger, and your middle finger, a.k.a. your fuck finger? They're pointing right back at you. So when you're pointing out at the people, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Duke, Andrew Wiggins, you butter soft. Ron, I brought this up. I was on uh, FS1, Undisputed, Skip, Shannon. I said, while you're hurt, LeBron, try to lay fucking low. Try to lay low. Let the young guys shine. Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it for one day. His first game back after the Christmas Day injury... LeBron James shows up to a game at Staples Center drinking wine out of a glass cup. That's right. Look it up. LeBron James showed up to an NBA game drinking wine. Of course, LeBron James is a grown-ass man, and it's not illegal to drink wine. He probably got driven to the game, so he wasn't drinking and driving. But you knew you were being filmed, LeBron James. You know no one's ever walked into the arena drinking wine. You're hurt. Why not have some wine before the game? Fine. Why don't you do it privately? Why you got to show up to a game you're not playing in drinking wine? Why do you need that much attention? And trust me, people out there, when I say he is aware of every single thing he tweets. He is aware of every single thing he Instagrams stories. And he is aware of every single time he walks into a fucking arena. He's been doing it for 20 fucking years. He's had cameras on him every single step he takes. Every little move he makes. Shout out to the great Bobby Brown. For 20 years now. Four years of being in high school and 16 years of being in the NBA. 20 years. You knew when you showed up to the game drinking wine... People were talking about it. You're not playing. You're not part of the game, but you somehow, someway wanted all the fucking attention to be on you. You couldn't just show up dressed low-key and walk into the arena and support your team. Not only did he do that, the same game while he was on the bench, he's drinking what appears to be coffee out of a coffee cup. Him and Ronda, who's also hurt. They're drinking, not Gatorade, not water. They're, drink, they're sipping on something in a coffee cup that I believe to be wine. Again, it's not against the law. You're not playing. Uh, you're a grown man. 
Why are you drinking coffee? If it was coffee in the coffee cup, why are you drinking coffee when you're supposed to be cheering your team on number one? Why do you want to bring attention to yourself every little step you take, every little move you make? Shout out again to Bobby Brown. You know the camera's on you. You want to, you, you love that attention. And then the thing uh, uh, in the last few days that really, and, and you know it's funny because people are like, yo, you're being so nice to LeBron all off season and all that stuff. And I said, don't worry. Something will happen and I'll get in his ass. No, Bruno. Um, and the thing that was, I found really offensive, um, he, he has a show, Uninterrupted, where him and his best friends sit there and talk. They talk about their friendship, how hard it was growing up and, and what they've done with their lives. It was cool. Uh, they did a documentary about it uh, a few years ago. It was cool. I've seen this story. Now you're beating a dead horse. Uh, it was on Uninterrupted. And uh, while he was sitting there with his best friends, uh, LeBron James said this about being the GOAT. He, 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 he proclaimed himself the actual GOAT, the greatest of all fucking time, which really the only greatest of all time in actuality is the great Muhammad Ali. Uh, but listen to uh, LeBron James. That one so right many. there made me the greatest player of all time. For That's so many I felt. reasons. I was super, super ecstatic to win one for Cleveland because of the 52-year drought. Like, I was ecstatic. Like, obviously, I showed that, that the first wave of emotion was when so y'all, everyone saw me crying. Like, that was all for 52 years of everything in sports going on in Cleveland. And then after I stopped, I was like, that one right there made you the greatest player of all time. You know, everybody was just talking how they were the greatest team of all time. Like, it was the greatest team to ever assembled. And for us to come back, you know, the way we came back in that fashion, I was like, you did, you did something special. That's probably one of the only times in my career I felt like, oh, shit, like you did something special. I haven't had, really had time to really, like, sit back and think, but that, that was a moment. You needed to say it. First of all, the term GOAT is whack. It's overused. You, you, you needed to say it. Um, the name of the show is Uninterrupted, and of course, LeBron James was uninterrupted by his friends, his, 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 his crew of guys. Um, no one wanted to raise the question, oh, shit, you're saying you're the GOAT? Well, you know people are going to be like, what about Mike? What about Kobe? What about Larry? To make for good TV, to make for a good show. Well, you can't ask your friend. You can't raise a question to, to your friend, LeBron, you've known him your whole life. You can't break his balls. You can't disagree with him. Then the perfect name of that show is uninterrupted because LeBron James can talk uninterruptedly. Are you having some sort of midlife crisis, Duke? What about Kareem? What about Larry Bird? Some people go, like, oh, Larry Bird. He you, you, you don't think there were like high-level, high-jumping, fast athletes? Playing basketball when Larry Bird played. You don't think Larry Bird is one of the greatest of all time? Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson. You're not better than Michael Jordan. You talk about what you did in those finals versus the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. You don't remind people that you, you, LeBron James, you got Draymond Green suspended. You didn't realize that he tried to kick you in the dick, missed, kicked your shorts until after the game when you saw the tape. That's a fucking fact. Yes, he was fantastic in that series. Yes, game seven, he was ridiculous. What about when you got swept four games straight in 2018? 
And somehow, some way, won Athlete of the Year. What about when you lost four games to one in 2017? You ain't the fucking GOAT. And if you were the fucking GOAT, you would never say you were the GOAT because GOATs don't do that unless your name is Muhammad Ali. Kareem never said that bullshit. Magic never said that bullshit. Kobe never said that bullshit. Michael Jordan never said that bullshit. Larry Bird never said that bullshit. Your show's whack. That's propaganda bullshit. What kind of show, what kind of friend sit there and let you say some shit like that without even playing devil's advocate and asking you a question? Just like, yeah, yeah. We don't want to question him because if we question him, we're not going to get paid anymore. We're not going to get hooked up anymore. What kind of friends you got, Duke? What kind of show is uninterrupted when they actually leave you uninterrupted they don't even pose any questions propaganda that's a fucking propaganda television show that lebron james is pumping out are you trying to get luke walton fired is that the goal lebron are you trying to get luke walton fired that's my question for lebron james if anybody sees him don't ask for a selfie just be like yo mike rap wants to know Are you trying to get Luke Walton fired? Are you trying to bring back in Ty fucking Lou? Does he have all the answers? Is Ty Lou Sway? You ain't got all the answers, Sway, to quote Kanye West, who also uh, is is still freaking out. (sighs) Kanye West, you are, man, uh, you're a corny motherfucker, man. Kanye West went back on Twitter, and he was complaining that Drake who allegedly fucked his wife. I don't know if that's true. I don't play with that, but that's the allegations. He's questioning why Drake is following Kim Kardashian, his wife, on Instagram. And he he just realized that Drake started following his wife, his whiz, on Instagram in September. He just figured that out at the end of 2019. And then he tweets about it. Man, have you no self-respect, Duke? Have you no pride? Have you no fucking pride, Duke? That's my question for you, Kanye. Yeezy. Yeezus. Jesus. Yeezus. In other sporting news, Floyd Mayweather fought uh, a Japanese kickboxer, a, a champion Japanese kickboxer, in a boxing match where the champion Japanese kickboxer could not kick. Um, they fought on Jap- in Japan on New Year's Eve. Uh, Floyd Mayweather knocked the guy down three times. Again, this is a kickboxer who couldn't kick. This was a joke. Uh, uh, this was an event that people, some people, uh, paid money to see and to watch. Um, and God bless these guys for getting paid to do uh, uh, something that pretty much is, you're, 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 you're tarnishing your, how much money do you need, Floyd Mayweather? Stop buying the car. If you're not going to box anymore, you're going to have to, have to, have to, have to stop spending. If you're not making as much as you were making when you were boxing, you were going to have to stop spending. It's tough. You want to wind up broke? You did everything you can, Floyd Mayweather, to avoid getting hit. You wanted to wind up. You didn't want to wind up punchy. You didn't want to wind up with CTE. You didn't want to wind up slurring. You did that fantastically. 
Now it's phase two. Do you want to wind up broke? You're 41, Duke. You're never going to get paid $9 million to fight another kickboxer who can't kick you. I am Rappaport Podcast. What happened to the Dwight Howard transsexual scandal? Remember that about a month ago? Uh, There was a transsexual uh, that was all on Twitter saying that she had been with Dwight Howard and she was feeling like her life was threatened and the entire Washington Wizards team was threatening her life. Um, And there was voicemails of Dwight Howard and it seemed like this is the end of Dwight Howard and this is the craziest shit. And now it's just gone. What happened to the Dwight Howard transsexual scandal? Uh, Where the fuck did that whole uh, uh, thing go? Uh, I'm just asking. All right. The time, the time has come. Um, as I told you later on in the episode after after I make this very, very huge announcement, um, Josh Hart of the Los Angeles Lakers, Villanova Wildcat, national champion, um, and budding superstar for the Los Angeles Lakers is rocking with us on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. And it is a dope interview about his journey, what it's like to play with LeBron now, what it was like dealing with the LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball craziness of his rookie season and Lonzo Ball's rookie season, and just so many more gems. Um, But right now, I I have to make the big boy decision. Um, It was not easy. Okay, Um, and as I I said, uh, a lot of thought, a lot of care goes into the sick fuck of the year award a lot of a thought a lot of care goes into the sick fuck of the week segment it is an award-winning segment okay that's right the 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 sick fuck of the week segment itself we've won awards for this segment okay It, it, it is a polarizing um segment in the podcast community in pop culture um, I, I, I laid the seeds out. The, the, we had the, the, the final six, the sweet six, the six six, as they're calling it. Um, and here we are. Uh, Miles, please, please give me the music. Miles and Jordan and the entire I Am Rapport Stereo podcast community, everybody had a, a, a little hand in this, but inevitably said, Dingo, that's me, Gringo Man Dingo. They call me the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Jake Lamotta of Podcasting, a.k.a. White Mike, a.k.a. Uh, the White Chocolatito, a.k.a. Bird, a.k.a. the Pusha T of Podcasting, and so on and so forth. People reached out to me and said, Dingo, you have to make the decision. It is on you. A lot of people said, I'd love to have my hand in it, but inevitably, it is on you. And after thinking about it, running the numbers, crunching the numbers, making decisions, changing my decision, it came down to two. It came down to two, and then there was one. The 2018 Sick Fuck of the Year Award goes to, can I get a drum roll, Miles? The 2018 Sick Fuck of the Year goes to the man in Thailand, Suet 
whatever the fuck your last name is, 39 years old, who had been drinking with his best friend. He felt that the best friend tried to seduce his wife. He then uh, got into a little altercation with the gentleman. He got a fruit peeling knife from the drawer, uh, got the man down, cut his dick off with a fruit peeling knife, threw the appendage outside while the pet dogs ate the man's loaf. Um, This was the sickest fuck of 2018 in a year of so many sick fucks. Um, Congratulations to the 16 finalists and, of course, the sweet six sickest fucks of 2018. Um, This was a tough decision again. It could have easily went to the, 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 the guy who fucked the beaver on the side of the road. It could have easily went to the woman who cooked her then-boyfriend's chihuahua in an oven. And so forth and so on. There's so many sick fucks. But one man really stood out from all the rest. And it was the gentleman that cut his best friend's penis off and then fed it to the dogs. Uh, Miles Jordan... Thank you for your help. Uh, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast community. Thank you for your help. Uh, Sick fuck of the week. Whisper, Mike Schaefer, Paul Wall, all of you, all the Instagrammers, thank you for all your help uh, uh, organizing, sending up uh, 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 great, great suggestions throughout 2018. We hope to uh, have a fantastic uh, Sick Fuck of the Week uh, segment throughout 2019. Um, And it's time now. For Josh Hart. Josh Hart, LA Laker, coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. All right. Josh Hart, Los Angeles Laker, is here in the house on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. How you doing, my man? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's 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 uh it's great to have you here. I appreciate you coming. Um, you know, I got so many questions to ask you. I know you're a big gamer. Your career at Villanova. I grew up a, a big Big East fan. Uh, you know, in the Villanova, Georgetown, and the McLean boys, and Pinckney, and St. John's. Probably, you know, same with you. But you're like the team that you're on now. Like last year was nuts for the Lakers. Yeah. You know, and and you know, like the Lonzo Ball craziness, which which tempered out, and I think it's probably good for him that it tempered out. And then it chills out for a minute, and then you have the LeBron James craziness yeah you know your impression and imagination and and thoughts and hopes of dreams of forget even playing of being in the nba mm-hmm. walking into the chaos the craziness the hoopla of being a laker how beyond your expectations has that been like how much like like crazier has that been than you even would have imagined about your first two yeah. years in the nba um way way crazier than i thought um obviously like First of all, you know, you get drafted to the Lakers. So it's like the Lakers, you know, everyone in L.A. loves the Lakers, you know. So it's like, okay, cool, I'm in a good fan base. And then, But then, you, like you said, you have Lonzo and LaVar, and then you have that kind of stuff kind of around. So it escalates even more. And we had a good summer league, so that escalated even more. Right. And then... Which I, it's like, like which is, seems like seven years ago, yeah, that exactly. summer league. It feels long ago. And then played the season. Had a, we had a, like an okay year. Um and then LeBron, you know, then we got LeBron and everything just shot up and they, like expectations shot up. 
Um, the fan, you know, the fan base was even more electric than it was last year. Um, you know, everything is just amplified. Everything's under a microscope now. So it's like if I was in a smaller market, like you know, pretty Milwaukee, much anywhere, yeah, yeah, Oklahoma City, or it's like obviously they got the the fan base love, but it's, you're not under as much of a microscope as you are in LA being a Laker with Lonzo Ball, LeBron James, Kuzmania, you know, all right. that. Right. I mean, that's like that aspect of it. Is it like what you imagined about being in the NBA and then actually being there and and being with a being with the Lakers? Is it more than you imagined? Just forget basketball. Yeah, I definitely didn't even just answer the, that question. The scrutiny just scrutiny of it. <laughs> um yeah, it's definitely more than I imagined. Because everything you guys do, every every game, if it's a win, if it's mm-hmm. a loss, you know, I was saying last night, I love Luke Wall. I loved when he played with Lakers. I used to hang mm-hmm. out with Lucas to see Luke. I, I, you know, his father, I like, you want to see Luke do good. You lose the game, you got thrown out. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. know, and then I'm, I'm saying to myself, this guy lost two games. Tomorrow, people are going to be like, mm-hmm. they're, they're firing Luke. Yeah. You know, it's like if they won two games, we don't need LeBron. It's like if you had won the last two games, you don't need LeBron. If you lose the last two games, fire Luke. It's Exactly. It's, it's it, insane. Like, So how do you, you know, in all honesty, like close the ears to that craziness? It's hard because like you said, like we beat Golden State. Now, and then we beat Golden State. So it was like game plan was amazing. Luke's a great coach. You know, we, we finished the last... Uh, like like the half of the third and the fourth without Bron, like the young core stepping up, everything is good, and then we lose lose the Sacramento on a buzzer beater, and then we lost to the Clippers yesterday, and it's like oh my god, like ah right, let's like everyone's panicking, so trade like, the whole team ex- exactly. Like I could have 20, 20 points one like you know one game, and then the next game I have you know I'm not shooting the ball well, I have like three points, I go for like two for like ten from the field, and everyone's like oh we gotta trade them, so it's like we. The hardest part is just tuning it out, because obviously you say like, oh, it's only about the guys in the locker room. It's only about like who we have on the team, but it's it's hard to tune them out. But that's what you got to try your best to, because no matter what, if you play well, they're gonna praise you. If you play, they're and they're gonna talk about you. If you don't play well, they won't. They, you know, they they won't praise you, but they're still gonna talk about you. So you just got to try to block it out as best you can. When you say block it out, like. Is it mean you, you're a, how old are you? Twenty three. So you grew up with social media. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, I'd imagine since you were nine, ten, like mm-hmm. phones, you know, like this has been part of your life. You're yeah. a social media kid. You're twenty three years old. Mm-hmm. You, can you? You're not off your phone. You're not yeah. off Instagram completely. You're not off Twitter. You know, you watch ESPN. I'm sure. When you say block it out, like how do you block it out when? Literally, in this day and age with social media, you could be like, all right, well, I'm not watching TV. Okay. Yeah. But then your phone. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, this text and that text yeah. and that tweet. And, you know, you're, you're scrolling through ball is life. And you see that, you know, and how do you, when you say tune it out, how do you tune it out? Yeah. So for me, um, there, there's been times where I just deleted the apps altogether. Like there, right. there was. Where you just um, have to get rid of it. Yeah. There was like a span where I just, you know, five or six games, I just wasn't playing well. And I was just like. You know, I'm going to go on and like I follow all my teammates. I follow a couple of Laker, like, you know, like Laker uh, pages or whatever on Instagram. So I know if I go on my little explore page, you know, even if I don't want to see stuff, I'm going to see stuff about basketball. I'm going to see, you know, reports of whatever Laker things going on. So sometimes I just delete Twitter, delete Instagram, delete Snapchat off my phone just entirely. And then 
half the time I'm like I'm sitting there wondering like right, what am I supposed to be doing because like I'm usually just I'm, I'm constantly on my phone yeah so sometimes I just delete the app like delete the apps in general and just, and just won't even look and then you know but I mean I can't be a hypocrite with it because sometimes when I'm doing well it's like okay I want to see that I'm doing right. well but um, you know I just try to you know just get away from it as best as I can Um, last year you know, I, I think all the fans, you know, I imagine, you know, you Lonzo was in your draft class. Mm -hmm. Everybody was hard on him. I talked shit about him. Everybody <laughs> talked. It was it was like you couldn't not. Yeah. It was so nuts with the with the introduction to the world to Lavar and Lonzo and the draft. It was it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And this is somebody, this is a human being to you. You know, this is a friend. This is a, a teammate. This is somebody you probably played AAU with in tournaments and this stuff. How how was it for you guys? Because I remember Kuzma at one point was being asked about Lavar, and I was like, "This dude's been in the league twenty games. Yeah, he's being asked about his teammate's father. Yeah, not a coach, not a GM. He's having to answer about his friend's father. Who the rest of the world's like, this guy's crazy. How crazy was that? That hecticness of last year in regards to like you probably were asked about yeah. it. Um, yeah, it was weird, and sometimes it's uncomfortable because it's like I don't want to like. Like this is my teammate. This is his dad. Like, this is his. It's yeah, a real like, person. Yeah, it's like that you probably know in a three sixty exa way. Exactly. Like I, I know, I know him. You know, without the cameras and all that, and he's super cool. It's a dude. person. So, yeah. So it, it was at first. It was kind of uncomfortable because it's like I'm not trying to talk about this guy's dad. I'm not trying to enter any of that business. So at first it was just uncomfortable. And then after that, like, and then sometimes I felt bad for Zoka. I'm like he was under so much scrutiny. He was criticized so much. Partly because of his dad, but it's like if you know Zoe, Zo it was at the because time, of his dad. Yeah, and at the time he's eighteen, eighteen, almost about to be nineteen. Nice kid, you know. If you don't really know him, kind of quiet at times. So you know, we're over there, you know, building a relationship with him, trying to you know get him out his shell, and he's and he's has all that negativity around with the media. So it was it was hard, and it was kind of uncomfortable at first, just yeah. because like you didn't want to you didn't want to say anything that would you know, be weird and make the relationship, like your relationship with him weird because you're saying something about his dad right. or not saying something. It's just, it was just really weird. Yeah, it, it seemed like, because it's such a unusual, I mean, it's not even like Magic or Luke or, or even another teammate. It's like yeah. going to another level and not another player in the league. It's like, it was just, I remember Kuzma answering the question, but I was like, he did it well. And I remember you guys was like, this is, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like not, shit talking it's like a whole other thing um you three coos lonzo and yourself what is that like being young stars in los angeles like like and that bond that you guys have yeah. because lonzo has his scrutiny you were uh, a champion at villanova but you didn't have this you know jason tatum uh lonzo ball thing and Kuzma, like it was like if you didn't know who he was in college it was like who the hell is this guy yeah what has that bond been for like you three guys um, it's been good, honestly. Uh, and like you said, all three of us kind of have different, um, roles and different paths. You know, obviously Zoe was like more, um, talked about, uh, you know, guy coming in and then Kuz, everyone was kind of like, who's that? And then you know, I got drafted and was like, okay, you won a championship of Villanova, but we don't really know how he'll go, you know, how he'll do in the league. And then I got, unfortunately, my first summer league, I got hurt. And then right. Kuz did very well. So then that's, you kind of got Kuz mania then. So you had Lonzo Ball and everything. You had Kyle Kuzma, whatever, with Kuz mania. And then for me, it was just kind of like, okay, 
I'm hurt in some league. The first couple of games of the season, I'm, I was hurt. I didn't really play. So we had we saw all three sides of the spectrum. Right. So when when Zoe's down or when Kuz is down, I can talk to them because, you know, I've been there. Or, you know, when, when I'm having success, you know, those guys can talk to me about being, you know, staying level-headed and right. not letting it get to the, you know, get to my head because they've been there. So it's it's actually been good that all three of us had a different path because we can – talk about the highs, but we can talk about the lows and help each other through it. Um, And Le- Le- LeBron, I'm sure at one point you're a video game guy. I know you're a Fortnite dude. Uh, I will also want to offer my services because I'm sure a lot of times you play Fortnite an- anonymously because you can't. <laughs> but I wanted to offer my services to to one night be your shit talker. Uh, so I, you, I like we, do, I'll be your shit. T- you you be the you know you be the brawn. I'll be the you know the can, you be the I, brains. I'll be the brawn. We can do that. We can okay. Do that. Um, so but LeBron James, who everybody, you know, is LeBron James. This is like, it, it, for me, it's comparisons. Like if I'm working with Denzel Washington or, yeah. or Robert De Niro, it's like you, you grew up watching him. You watch him when you're a kid and you, you, uh, last year you're, you're playing against him. Even if it was just scatterly, you probably played him on NBA 2K at some point. Mm-hmm. What has been the most impressive thing about LeBron James that we don't see? Like what is what is it like being a LeBron James teammate behind closed doors? Uh, it's, it's it's actually great, honestly, because the first time I met him um, and, and I hung out with him, I left thinking like, "Damn, this guy—he's a really nice guy." Like that, like that—that that was my impression when I left. I'm because obviously you see these guys, um, you know, they get to to the level they at, you know, because they got a chip on their shoulder, because they're hungry. Because So sometimes they come across as assholes or sometimes right. they're kind of like full of themselves. Right. But I walked away, I'm like, yo, this dude is really, like, he's really a nice dude. He generally cares about some of the younger guys. He, you know, he cares about what's going on. Um, you know, he, he always said if there's anything, if there's anything going on in our lives, we can always go to his house and chill out and get away from it. So, I mean, it's actually been really good, and that's something that people don't see. They see the the, the fire, you know, on the court, but you, and you see what he does, uh, you know, as being an activist with opening the school and just talking publicly about uh, certain things. But you don't see the this, just like the true guy that he is, and he's just a, a nice, nice dude, goofy, you know, just like one of us. And what about his work ethic? That we don't see because, you know, he's got a legendary work ethic. He's first in the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen that firsthand in terms yeah. of like, and and what is it? Like, yeah. what is the, what is his, what is the deal with him? Like, in terms of you're like, oh shit, this is really like the guy. Yeah, you see, I mean, you see it every day. You, you're there, you see him get shots up, but, you know, obviously guys, guys go in, you know, some guys go in, they party the night before they go right. in, they go in uh, 10 minutes of practice, they they get up a couple shots and then they, and then they head out. You know he's there at least two hours early to every practice. He he gets a a big lift in. It's not it's not like he's over there just you know throwing up little weights. He, he has a lift in. He's lifting. He's lifting. Take care of his. He's taking care of his body. He's doing treatment. He's he's stretching. Then he'll get out there. Then he'll get shots up. Work, you know, do a little workout, and then we'll practice. And then after that, you know, he'll get shots up after, and then he'll go do treatment. And then he'll head home. So when you're seeing this and you're like. Everybody, you know, there's certain players, whether it's LeBron, Russ, the guys that came before you, Steph and all that stuff. When you're seeing this, you're like, yo, I need to get, like, is it, in, is it inspiring you yeah, it or is it, is it overwhelming? At first, you're just kind of like overwhelmed because, like, I mean, this is his 16th year 
And, and someone who's which is nuts um, is crazy. Someone who's been as successful as he has, someone who has made as much money as he has. You know, when you're again this late into your career, this is when you kind of like uh, just kind of tone it down, just kind of um, relax in a sense. But he, you know, he kind of it looks like he amps it up. So you're seeing that, and it's contagious because you're like, okay, you then you like you go get shots with him, or like you talk to him about certain film aspects of it, or you're like you're trying to figure out what he does to take care of his body, you know, because he he hasn't had a major injury. Um, so it's contagious because you're like, okay, you see him doing this, like right, I got it, you know, let me kind of take notes, let me see what he does, let me do what he does because I mean he's he's the best in the world for a reason. And what about Magic? Like you're 23. So for me, like Magic is like my LeBron, you know, one of several yeah. LeBrons. What is Magic like? He's your. What is Magic Johnson to you? Like, and what has been your experience with Magic? Yeah, it's so so obviously, you know, Magic's Magic. <laughs> I mean, but it's weird because I'm from the East Coast, so obviously, it was uh, growing up, it was always about East Coast guys, always about people that was from from Maryland, from New York, from Philly. Um, but we didn't really. It wasn't so much about, you know, the the legends in the West and then right. we come here. And obviously I knew Magic was, you know, right. the best point guard ever, you know, top five player to ever play the game. But you 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 see him and then you, you just it's crazy just being around him because like he has this like you know, like when you're around a great one, like whether it's an actor or athlete Thank or you. whatever it is, <laughs> you're like you walk in and like you feel his presence. Yeah, and like when when Magic goes in, he literally lights up the room. Everyone's like, like, oh wow, it's Magic, and they'll be tense at first, and he'll come in and crack a joke, and then you know you just hear the whole the whole room laughing, and everything's free flowing. So my he, first, he does have this special thing yeah. about him, like off the court that. T- that nickname is probably the best. Exactly, because like when you it's just a him, thing. It's, yeah, it's just like a glow. He's like when right. when you're around him, you're like like this is really cool. Now, when you see him now, Magic's you know I don't know how old he is now. He's heavier. You like I could have bust this dude's ass. Like or, like or if you watched enough tape mm. to be like and realize how like there'd be no LeBron James. Yeah, without Magic. Just um, in terms of like a six foot nine guy dribbling the ball was so foreign to us. It was literally like. It, where one day there's going to be like some seven foot six dude dribbling the ball. Like it'd be foreign to you. Like it was so foreign. Like, have you watched it? Like absorbed it enough? Um, there's no yeah. right or wrong answer. I mean, if you didn't see it firsthand, it's never, <laughs> yeah, it's it never going to be the same thing. But like, um, I mean, you, you see the clips of what he did and like what he was able to do. And it's, and it's even now he'll, he'll be, it'll be crazy to see it in, in today's game. Right. Um, so it's, and I, I see him now, and like even you know, obviously he's a little older, you know, you know, a little bigger. Uh, but like you can still see, like you can tell, like he's strong. He he's, um, you know, sometimes you see him, and you're like, oh man, he might be able to get out here and run with us. Does he ever come um, into practice? Yeah, he'll come into practice. Does he ever like air any sort of instruction? Like, has you have you ever had like where he's actually physically? Either before practice or after practice. Yeah, whenever he's there, you know, no matter who it is, and that, that's the, the beauty of him because he, you know, when he played, he was able to play all five positions. So, you know, he's able to kind of talk to you know every single one of us and about certain different things. So there's times he'll call Lonzo over um, before 
practice after practice, even sometimes during practice, and, and give him like a quick thing. There have been times he talked to me about um, about my. Sh- he, well, he he wasn't even much of a shooter, but he had times he'll talk to me about my shot um, or stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but he didn't need to. Yeah, he didn't really need to. But um, I mean, he's able to talk, and he, there's times he talks to you know some of our bigs. So it's really cool to see him, you know, still there, obviously trying to help us learn about the game. And, uh, you know, he's been, you know, inspirational for all of us. Um, All right, I want to talk to you about Villanova. Um, The 2016 NCAA Finals with North Carolina was such a game. Uh, I mean, you, you showed up. Huge in that game. You hit the free throws with 13 seconds and then left. Nobody, no, nobody remembers. Nobody remembers my two free throws, but I was the clutch one. You were the clutch, the clutch one. one. Yeah. When you're like that much pressure, mm-hmm. do you remember like seeing that? Like remember what you were feeling? Like where's your heart at that point? Like in terms of like your composure, your breathing, your mm-hmm. nerves. Do What do you remember about those free throws yeah, uh, that so, I remember? Yeah, so I was... I was on like the t- going down. I think we broke the press. I forgot who got the ball on like the the top of half court on the right side of the court. They passed it to me. I was on like the left side, and I see Chris Jenkins on the opposite side, and I'm just th- I'm thinking I'm like there ain't no goddamn way I'm throwing this ball because if this ball if I throw this shit and it's a turnover and they come back and dunk this, I'm like I'm I'm gonna be heartbroken. So I'm like right, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just get the foul and go to the free throw line. So I was I was cool and composed. Because I mean, we but always talk like, about it. This is like Disney. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. But it was so I was I was cool. I was cool for a minute because I mean we practice free throws every day and practice do all that stuff. And then Chris Jenkins was one of my one of my best friends. He walks up to me. He's like, "You better make these two shits." I'm like, "Oh God!" And then I shoot the first shit, and I, I swore. I think I, I think it's short. I'm like, "Oh, right when I shoot the ball, right when I release, I'm like, oh, dang, this is just short." Dog. Are you in your body at that point? Um, Do you know what I'm saying? The first one, not really. I was confident, but I was still like a little nervous. Was the so, arena loud? Arena was, uh, I don't even remember. I honestly don't even remember. I just remember shooting that shot, and I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, shit, this is short. And then it was it was all net. I'm like, oh, thank God. And <laughs> Did then, you feel the pressure was off? Yeah, yeah, I, I was like, oh, okay, whew. Like, you know, it no kind of ma- brings no, you back yeah, into I was like, the- no matter what, we're up to now. And then I go up to shoot the second one, and only thing I'm thinking is, I, the last one felt like it was going to be short. I'm like, this shit cannot be short. So if you look at, I think that one hits like the back rim or something and goes in or it's like, or a little, little strong. And I'm just like, thank God. <laughs> thank, thank God I, I at least put us up three. Um, and then Marcus Page makes some, everyone's like, oh, he made an amazing shot. That was some bullshit. He made, he made that, but then he was able to hit the clutch three at the end. So And I mean, there can't be anything better than that. Nah, I mean, it was right when Chris shoots that shot. All I remember was like, this thing, I'm like, damn, like, give me one, Chris. Then he cashes out, and I like the next two, three minutes, I don't even remember. I just black out. It was just, it was literally the best feeling I, you know, I could have had and, and had, you know, even better than getting drafted, um, better than playing my first NBA game because it was like, you know, I, I did this with a group of guys, and like, we have this, like, no matter what, in. 2070, when they're playing, you know, and guys in NCAA, you look at that record book in 2016, it's going to say Villanova Wildcats. So, I mean, it was it's the best feeling. Your coach, Jay Wright, he's one of these guys, like when, when you hear him talk as a fan, you just know that he has command mm-hmm. of, of the players. 
He loves basketball. He understands basketball just by hearing him talk, you know, to Dick Vitale or to this one or that mm-hmm. one. What makes him such a great coach? What 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 did I mean? I'm sure there's a list of things, uh-huh. but like, what are some of the things that you learned about basketball? Mm-hmm. Details, specifics that you you still apply today? Yeah. So, you know, whenever anyone asks me about him, I would say like he's good as a coach. Like he's not he's not going to be the greatest X and O's guy. He's not going to run, you know, a play and have four different screens. 10 different passes, it looks beautiful, and, like, he gets all the credit for it. He, the best thing that he does, he's able to make adjustments to how other teams are playing, but, like, he's able to get the best out of every player. He's able to um, drive every player to be the best that they can, and he's able to really lock in and make us have an attention to detail that's literally on point. So we know no matter, everything is the same. Everything we do is so meticulous and how we how we jump stop, what pivot foot we're doing, and everything like that. So that's what makes him great, and that's what really separates him because he gets guys who um, want to be a part of something, uh-huh. and, he, and that, so that's how he starts recruiting. He's able to recruit the perfect guys for that system who want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Uh-huh. And hey, then, are, is that articulated? Like, was that part? It of, is. Like, you it guys is. were understanding that. Yeah, he he told he tells you straight up. He doesn't um sugarcoat anything he tells you straight up you're like this is like it's not about you know you when you come in like even before you come in before you sign your letter of intent when he's before you commit there when he's talking to you on the phone meeting you he's saying it's, it's about it's about the program it's about the guys who sacrificed before i even got there the guys in 2012 the guys in you know 2000 guys in 95 80 the one when they won the championship 85 it's about those guys it's not about us um so he he articulates that before anything happens and then so in saying in terms of like the one and done thing mm-hmm. is he's clear like he doesn't want one and doneers um i want to say he would, wouldn't want them like if they wanted to come and be and be over themselves and be a part of something bigger then i think he'll de- and he f- thought they were bought in enough to do that he right. would definitely do it but I mean, he doesn't need he doesn't need them, and he says that he's like, I don't really care to get them. If I get them, cool. If not, it is what it is. And you, the, your team, and that, and 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 him and Villanova are, seem to be taking pride in that. That we're, we're here, we're winning championships, we're competing. The four year thing, which is so rare mm-hmm. now, uh, which I think is a good thing, and and there needs to be some sort of balance because some of these dudes are one and done. They come in the league. It's literally like rolling the dice. Yeah. There's nineteen year old athletes. Yeah. When you get to the NBA, that shit doesn't, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. It's, mm-hmm. Is he going to grow into something? Is he going to be the next Kevin Durant? Who the hell knows? Kevin Durant came in the NBA. He was Kevin Durant. Yeah. It just, I think it's a good thing uh, uh, with Villanova um, that they have there. Are you still in touch with Villanova? Like, is that, is that yeah. still? I, I talk to, the, I, I go to, I go back um, during the summers. I work out there. You know, I talk to Coach Wright all the time. I talk to some of the assistant coaches. Um, whenever I'm in Philly, you know, I go and hang out, you know, with some of those guys and, um, the coaches have, you know, that's always going to be home for me. Um, you know, the people that are there, um, you know, always family. What is it like being in Philadelphia, a Villanova star? Um, I always loved the city of Philadelphia. You're from yeah, Maryland. It was, it was cool. It's cool because I mean, you know, Philly fans, Philly fans are probably the worst fans in the world. Just, just in terms of if you're good, they like, tr- they will ride and die with you. But if you suck, you're, they're definitely going to let you know. Dude. And luckily, my four years, we were good. we were really good. 
But there was a couple games where we got our ass kicked and we got we got our ass booed. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh my! Like we're down thirty to create in my freshman year, and we're getting at at home and we're getting booed. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh shit! Like like you can you, feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. And you're like, like damn! Like there's there's a difference between losing. And getting getting booed off your home court, right. and we got booed off our home court, and we're just there like that shit can't happen again. Like right. <laughs> we can't let that happen again. And obviously, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Exactly, like, you. You know, this I, like, is what the kind of people are are in Philadelphia. They threw yeah, snowballs, exactly. which I That's admire you know. as a New York fan. That's how you know. Like, don't get me wrong. They and they ride or die with you, like no other fan base. But these dudes threw snowballs. You got to be. Just an evil person to yeah. throw snowballs, and they did it. So I mean, hey, they're uh, they're definitely different, but I mean, they're loyal. Um, Jalen Brunson, uh, Bridges, my son Dante Divincenzo, <laughs> who uh, make sure you tell him if if he dreams of looking as good as me, uh, uh he should slap himself. You, you you guys are all in the NBA now. Are you in communication with these guys? Have you played yeah. against some of your former teammates? Yeah, so I played against Mikel, um three times, I think, already. Um, kicked his ass all three. <laughs> um, we played against Dallas uh, once so far this year. We actually played him in like a week. We, we played him down in Dallas. Um, you know, Tay, we haven't played Tay yet. Uh, I played Amari. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I've played all those guys. I've been in touch with all of them. I think, you know, I have Mikel's Phoenix jersey in my in my um my closet I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Jalen I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all you know one of all those guys but uh you know those are my brothers those are my guys who you know I try to teach while I was at, Vill- at Villanova try to teach them how that program is how to teach them um you know how to sacrifice have the attention to detail stuff like that and you know time it was easy to do that because they were very willing to learn but it's also easy when you win. So when right. we're, you know, it's easy. To, so we want, you know, we won a lot. You know, Mikel and Jalen. You know, I think they either st- Jalen started. Mikel came off the bench. Right. You know, when we won the national championship my year, and then they won one last year. So, you know, I, I talk to those guys all the time. Um, I actually just talked to Jalen today. You know, Facetiming with him. But, you know, I talk to those guys at least once a week. Hey, I, I love it. I love it. Um, the, your your draft class last year, Fultz. Lonzo, De'Aaron Fox, who's mm-hmm. he, he's sick, killing, marking in Justin Jackson, Jason Tatum, Frankie, uh, Frankie Cigarettes, Frankie Nicolina, Dennis <laughs> Smith, all these guys. Who are these? Donovan, who mm-hmm. I love, uh, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Who out of these guys did you grow up, uh, you know, in college or in high school, going against? And and w- when you were younger, and who was like out of, out of that crew that that came in in your draft class was the best in high school that mm-hmm. you remember? If if you played against any of them while you were in high school, yeah, actually, I don't really know if I played with too much of them. I I knew because uh, they were all Kuz. younger, right? Yeah, they were all younger. I knew Coos. I knew Coos. Um, I did a couple of camps with Coos. Uh, I I knew Donovan a little bit just because his uh, you know his best friend was my roommate uh, you know in college. I think those are Markel folks. I knew him just because he was from the same area that I am. But um, are you guys all kind of like, yo, we're going to be in the NBA? Like, when, you, when you're that young, like, are you like, oh, yeah, you know Donovan's going to be good. You know Kuzma's going to be like, like, nah, is it? Nah, not really. Because, like, 
Or is it all like you're just kids? Yeah, we, we all, yeah, we're kids. I mean, that's what, and I have a good relationship with those guys. And, um, you know, I think all those guys, you know, I have, a, you know, relationships with, but, you know, guys like Donovan, guys like Kuz, um, it, it's always a little more genuine just because you, you know, we were always in the same spot. Like I, we weren't one, we weren't one and done. We weren't, you know, top five picks. It was, you know, Donovan, when he was coming out, you know, before he killed shit in, in his workouts, it was like, oh, is he is he even going to get drafted in the first round? And now he's um, he was a runner up for the rookie of the year. I thought he should have got it, but um, me too. Uh, you know, he he just got his first signature shoe with Adidas. You know, he's Kyle, such a good dude, a yeah, great dude, and that's like, what genuinely makes you, like a good person. Exactly. That's why, you, and that's why you root for him so much because like he's a good dude, he's a good person. And then Kuz, same thing was supposed to be like a late second round pick coming in and now he's you know doing as well as he's doing and he's a and he's a you know a great kid you know still gives back the flint knows where he came from so i have good relationship with those guys just because you know we all weren't we weren't the highly touted guys we weren't the obvious choices it was like okay they might be good but you know we'll, we'll take the you know we'll we'll rather roll the dice on you know, one of these one and done guys that might not pan out, but they have the quote unquote potential. Mm -hmm. for, so for you personally, the thing I love about your game is like, I don't want to say like Russell Westbrook, but there's a tenacity that you mm -hmm. play with. Like there's like a full tilt that you play with. There's like a one speed, uh, a, a, you know, all out that you play with. When you were uh, your first year, you obviously you got hurt. You mentioned in summer league. When did you start to feel, and I'm sure you're not fully there yet, you're still playing, you're still young, but was there a moment where you were like, I could do this, like, I could play NBA basketball? Mm -hmm. Like, was there something that clicked in your head, or was there like a cut to the basket, or like where you were like, uh -huh. said, I'm, I'm an NBA basketball player? Um, yeah, so for me, it was more so towards the end of my, uh, my rookie year. Which is last when, year. Yeah, so... Does it seem like light lifetimes ago? It does. It feels it feels long as hell. Like I, if you and it's not me, even a year ago. Yeah, if you told me like that was eight months ago, I wouldn't believe it because that's how long ago it feels. But um, end of last year, I was playing a little bit, and I was doing, I was doing, I was doing okay. I was doing, I was being solid, and then I broke my hand, and then I was out for like fourteen games towards the end of the year, and then I got surgery. I came back and I played like the last like nine games of the year. And they gave me the option. I was like, I could do surgery and come back and maybe play the last, you know, eight, nine games of the year or just let it heal naturally and just be out for the season. And I was just like, nah, like, fuck it. I'm a, I'm a, I want to go play. And that last eight, nine games, I did, you know, really well. You know, there was, I think I scored 20 in like four or five of those, you know, eight or nine games. And, you know, that's when I was just really like, okay, I can do this. Like, it was... That's when I was really, you know, I can I can really play and really hoop in this league. You know, the time before before I got hurt, you know, I had like I was doing, you know, the times I started, I was doing well. I, was, I think I was like tied for first of shooting guards and double doubles all last year. So like I was comfortable. I was having, I was even getting double doubles, but it wasn't until the end of the year till I really felt like it because it was like okay, you know, all in all, besides the injury, I felt like my body worked. I felt positive with it. and I thought I was going in the right direction I was like you know I can I can hoop in this league what um your style of play like I was saying that tenacity that high speed obviously because you, you actually move at a high speed because mm -hmm. when I played in my head I thought I was moving at yeah, a high speed you, yeah. I was moving at a really slow speed mm -hmm. but but mm -hmm. your your style of play 
Where did that come from? And like when you were growing up, who were your guys that you that you loved, that you emulated, that you 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 watched, that that like inspired you literally as a basketball player? Yeah. Uh, so what it it really came from. Obviously, it, it, it worked with my parents. It came from my parents. Sorry, because uh, they were just two just hard, blue collar, hardworking people. Um, don't really complain. Don't make excuses. So that's and you know that's kind of how it started. And then my dad just kind of. Um, you know, will always take me to the shoot or, or, you know, work, you know, have me do workouts and all that in the park, even though he didn't know he didn't really do basketball. He was a baseball guy. Um, but they just kept driving me. And my dad's always told me, you know, you see the ball, go get it, you know, or just be the hardest working out, you know, person out there. So some people, you know, they, they say it and it, it's like, okay, cool. Like I'm supposed to be the hardest working person, but when you see someone do it day in and day out, it, you know, it rubs off on you. And that's really how I really started doing, you know, playing that hard and just having that mentality. And then growing up, D-Wade was my favorite player. So I see, you know, his will to win. Like he, he did, you know, anything he could. He scored, rebound, defended, blocked shots, you know, got steals. Like he did anything he could do. And that was really evident in that 06 finals where he really carried that team to that uh, that ring. So that's what I saw growing up. And then my AU team takeover was, you know, my coach was, was hard on me, cursing at me all the time. My high school coach was tough, cursing at me. Coach Wright, you know, drives you and curses at you. So, like, I always had that chip on my shoulder. And even if I ever slipped up a little bit, you know, one of my coaches would be there to call me out on it. When you say D-Wade, He's obviously, you know, he's saying he's retired, although he's had games this year where you're like, you could do another year, but it seems like he's done. What is it like for you to <clears throat> to get on the court with somebody that means that much to you? To get out there and be like, I got to bust this guy's ass. I got to shut him down. I know his moves. I know he's going to do the step back. Like, what is that? Is it surreal when you're out there playing against people that really mean that much to you? Um, yeah, it is. Uh, so, like, my first you know NBA start, was last was last year like last December, um, we were playing Cleveland in Cleveland. So that we were playing D Wade, we were playing Braun. Oh, when D Wade was, was still there, yeah, was, when he was there, and that was my first time I was ever starting doing all. So I'm like starting on them, and I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. Like this is this is really wild. And, and like when you walked these, out to, for the jump ball, mm -hmm. had that been the first time you met D Wade? I met him before, and he was and he was really cool, and I. But it was just like there's a difference between meeting him, playing like pickup, to then you know the to suiting up in the NBA game, you know, and and that was crazy. But I think it was the time I really felt it was how it was really surreal was this past year, his last game of Staples. Obviously, you had the whole you know him and LeBron last game against each other, um, and you know, obviously I'm cool with him and I have a relationship with him. And I remember at the end of the game. I think Kyle says something to me. He's like, stay down on a shot fake or something. Cause that's all D-Wade will step back, shot fake, try to get the foul. And I just says, and I'm guarding, and D-Wade's right next to me. And I'm just saying, I'm like, man, I watched this dude for my whole childhood. I know what the I know exactly what the hell he's gonna do. So, and he, you know, he he hears that and he's and he starts saying, I forgot what he said back. Um, but I think that was like the moment I was I was really saying, I'm like, yo, this is really Did you stay really down cool. on the shot fake? Yeah, I did stay down on the chef fake, so I was I was good. Um, but that was like the moment. I'm just sitting like like this is crazy. Like this was you know my idol. This was the reason why I wear the number I wear. The reason why I play as hard as I play, you know. And then this you know this is my last game. I'm playing against him. I'm able to you know guard him for most of the game and do that. So it was dope.
What what what's another memory from from last season where you you were out there on the court or you know the, playing against somebody that you you respected and uh, you know that and you're actually out there on them. KD, KD. I remember we were playing uh, we were playing at home, uh, and I'm not sure what happened. I think Bi got hurt. So and, and y'all y'all know K- KD says he's six eleven, but he's definitely a seven footer. He's seven um, feet. Definitely seven foot. I don't know why he doesn't want to be a footer, but um, I think it's good for his legacy to be seven because he's so yeah, I he's think so was. nasty and so disrespectful and like <clears throat> what he does gets taken for granted because there's no highlights. Also, yeah. he dropped forty one against the Clippers the other day. It was like it wasn't exactly. even nothing because yeah, there's no it. dunks. There's really no. There's some crossovers, but no mm-hmm. one's falling. Like I, I think he should like start saying he's seven one. Yeah, and for real. So. B.I. gets hurt. B.I. was guarding him. So I'm in the game. I go in. I sub in for B.I. So I think it's like, I think Lonzo or Casey Pease in or something. Then we have Julius Randle and Kyle Kuzma in. So somehow my ass ends up guarding KD, getting matched up with KD. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm 6'5". This dude is at least seven foot. A bucket, a walking bucket wherever the hell he is on the court. So I think like the first three plays, and like I knew him just from growing up being in the same area. First three plays I get on him, he roasts my ass. And I think I'm playing good defense. He's doing fade away, fade away, one-legged, uh, you know, mid-range, all, all net. And I'm just sitting here like, don't get me wrong, this is cool. I'm playing against a dude, you know, from the same area and all that. But he is torching my ass. So that, that was probably one of the other moments where I was just like, damn, this is cool. But he's busting my ass on, def- on offense right now. Uh, That's probably one of the other ones. Who's the biggest trash talker in the NBA right now? Because the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is a shit-talking extravaganza. Yeah, uh, who, who, who won't shut up? Obviously, Draymond, whether he's talking yeah. to himself. Talk, I mean, what is he it's, saying out there? Who is he talking to? Everybody? Himself? Uh, anybody? So he's what, like the ghost of Kevin Garnett. So, so for us, it's always funny because obviously um, I haven't been on any team but the Lakers. But it's, it's hilarious when we play them because, you know, we'll – we kind of let him shoot. We back off and play to, you know, try to, uh, you know, stop Steph and KD and, and stuff like that. So we and a lot of teams let him shoot. So we have Luke Walton, who used to be a coach at in the Golden State. So I guess him and Draymond used to like shoot shoot shots together and stuff like that. So whenever we play them and he makes a shot, oh, he immediately starts looks to the bench, starts talking shit to Luke. To and starts talking uh, shit to B. Shaw, one of our associate uh, or one of our other coaches. So that makes he, sense. Yeah. So he he thrives off. Oh, it. thrives off. He loves it. He loves it. And like I would ask Luke about it, and I'll I'll say something about Luke. Uh, you know, like oh, how was it? Like he was like, I loved it. He like because we're going. He'll curse me out literally every day. But like when you see him, like just watch when we play him next time. If he makes a three and he's like wide open, no one's guarding him. He's gonna look at the bench and immediately start talking shit. So he, he needs it. He needs it. He need. He like it doesn't. He doesn't do it. Like he doesn't do it to talk trash to the other guy. I think he he really does it to fuel himself. I think so too. Yeah. Like he did it the other day, and I was like. He was talking to somebody. I was like, "This is not a show. Like he's uh-huh. this is like uh, eating cereal." Yeah, him. he'll do it to like a ran- like a random dude that's just like a bench warmer that that's nobody really. That like he, he that might that might have nothing to do, but in his nothing, head, but in his head, he's like, oh, I, "I need this." Who who else in the NBA is a talker? Um, Pat Bev. Pat oh. Bev's a shit talker. 
wait a second. What the fuck was going on Pat Beverly, Lonzo Ball's first game? That could be a 30 for 30 short. Yeah. Uh, we, what, do you, is it true or did you witness Pat Beverly going at him in the locker room by the, by the thing? No, 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 no. Are you talking about the one with CP? The one we had? I'm, no, 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 no. I'm talking about Pat Beverly, Lonzo's first nah, game. Nah, nah. He didn't do nothing like that. But you just knew because I think, I think it all started, I think someone asked LeVar about like, Lonzo and Steph Curry or something like that. And I think, you know, LeVar said whatever, whatever LeVar says. And Pat <laughs> Bev tweets, I think like quote tweet or something. It was like, oh, he got his first game with me first. Or he said something like that. And I saw that. Me and me and Koo saw it. And, I showed, and we looked at each other and we were like, oh, shit. Like, like Pat Bev, you know, he's a little junkyard dog, shit talk and all that. He, oh, he, that's but, it. You, you, it's exactly what yeah. you would think, right? So his first game... That was Pat, crazy. Pat Bev's picking up full court. You know, you can tell he doesn't he doesn't want Zoe to get this ball past half court. He's going for every steal, playing physical. And I'm I'm sitting there, I'm like, for for this guy to be scrutinized as much as he is, criticized as much, to have your first fucking NBA game against a pit bull like Pat Bev, like they like it, it looked like they were just trying to set him up for failure because that shit was crazy. Were were you like Holy shit! I didn't know this was the like. I mean, because that was so like extra, extra, extra. Yeah, and but I would, to me, I think it's good. You know, I think that I think veterans should come at you guys. I think they should test you. You know, and I think there should be more of that because some people were saying, "Why is he doing his work?" I'm like, "This is what the, the old NBA was like." Yeah, you should get knocked on yours. You guys get you can't get touched. Mm -hmm. It's so lackadaisical. Like the physicality is so taken out of the game. I was like. I got a Pat Beverly jersey because of that shit. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't playing. I was hurt that game, and I was, I'm on the sideline, and I'm, th I'm, that's what I'm, th I'm like, oh, sh like shit, like he's, he's at his neck right now. But I mean, for Zoe, it, it was probably one of the best things he could do because he, he didn't, he didn't play, he didn't, he ended up not really playing that well. Um, but to have your first game against some shit like that, you know, okay. Like no, like it can only go up from here. Like it, right, like and there's not many times you're gonna you're gonna be playing against a pit bull like like Pat Bev. You know, don't get me wrong. You have like the Steph Curry's, the Russell Westbrook's. You know, uh, CPs. You know, the great point guards. But you know, Pat Bev is just you know he's just different. He's like he's like what Tony Allen was for like for for wings. Is it, it was good for him though. At all the players you just mentioned, Steph. You mentioned KD. You 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 deal with the nastiest dudes, James Harden, uh, Kyrie, uh, uh, you know your peers, the older ones, all that stuff. If I say tomorrow you're playing against this person, uh, who would be the one where you go? I got to make sure I get some sleep, extra sleep tonight. Like who's the one like thus far in your career that's like James Harden? Why? Just because one, you can't you can't fucking touch him. If you touch him, it's a foul. Um, is it just him? Is is he? Is it, or is it his style of play? Um, I think it's just him. I is, he, is. is he moving fast? Because to me as a fan... First no, no, he's not. He's not really. He's just... He's not the most athletic. He's not the quickest, not the fastest. But he just knows how... He's just shifty. He knows how to get to where he wants to go. So I think that's the biggest thing. And he, he kind of um, really uses the, the rules to his advantage. Because he knows... He knows Oh, if I drive, this guy's hands is gonna be here. So I'm gonna just 
I'm gonna just rip through his hands. I know, like, dude, I have no chance of making the shot, but I'm gonna just rip through this shit. And I know I'm probably gonna get a foul. So it's that's the that's like the toughest one. Like I, you know, KD is one of the greatest scorers ever. Steph, Clay, run around nonstop, but but James is just is different. Um, what arena? Obviously, you're from Maryland. Uh, John Wall is probably not the funnest person to, to chase around. W- what arena um, ha- has been your favorite outside of Staples to, to, to play at or, like, the most impressive or the fans are? You probably played in, in Washington, you know, in college and all stuff, but, like, what NBA game uh, on the road were you like, holy shit, this is, this is cool? Um, you know I'm from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so... Um, I don't really remember, most famous arena. I don't really remember, I don't really remember playing in the garden too much because I don't think I really played that much in that game. Okay. So my ass was sitting down, so I was I was kind of off of it. But, Did you play um, there in Biggies? With, with I played the- in Biggies and I loved it. Oh my god, I loved playing in MSG. That's one of the because I how, you know how it is when you go there. Everything else around it, it's kind of like stable. Everything around it is dark and like the court is like all all the lights are on the court. And it's like it really has like the sense of like all the lights are on you, all the spot like go ahead and make make a name for yourself. That's really how uh, you know uh, not stable. That's really how MSG is. So growing like playing there in college, I, there was no no arena. I loved playing more than uh, MSG. Um, so I mean, this year I probably feel that way. Um, but I mean, at least last year. OKC was crazy. Is it is it hype in there? It's hype in there, and people think like OKC really, but like their fan base. Because think about it, you have n- you're in Oklahoma City, you have nothing else to root for. Nothing, no other sports team is in like hundreds of miles of where Oklahoma City is. Um, well, you have like the, you have the college football teams, right. but that that's about it. You don't have another basketball team. You don't have um, you have Kansas City pro football team, but like that's. That's there, so it's really all about Oklahoma City, right? Uh, Thunder. So you go there, it's sold out every game. It's loud. We played. We had a couple. We had a close game with them, and it was just loud. It was electric. It was fun to play. That's probably that's probably one of my you know favorite one, just because the the crowd is so into it. Um, one of my favorite things that has been said this year. You said it, um, and it goes back to the tenacity to which you play. When LeBron went down, you said some paraphrase of "We're not scared." Mm-hmm. Um, where's that coming from in you? And like going through, uh, uh, it's a two-part question. Where is that coming from that you're not scared? Because I believe that with you, mm-hmm. you know, and and I believe that with all you guys. But like, I was like, "Good, tell me you're not scared," because you know, I, like I said, I, I, I'm an openly I talk shit about LeBron. I can never disrespect anything that has to do with Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. I adore him so much. Like I love that guy. <laughs> Um, he means so much to me. So he softened me for my, uh-huh. you know, otherwise I'd be a little tougher on, on, on LeBron, but because I love him so much, there's always going to be like a, a line that won't cross. But where is that coming from? Cause I believe it with you. I believe it with Kuz. I believe Lonzo's not scared. Like, but you know, you guys are, you know, this, the greatest player, um, even though you lost the two games, like, you know, there were close games that could have went either way. Where is that coming from? Yeah. So, I mean, with us and, uh, you know, no matter what team LeBron on, LeBron's on is all, the narrative is always it was LeBron and the Lakers and and stuff like that. Le, LeBron and the young core and it's like don't get me wrong. Obviously LeBron's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, the best player playing right now. But it's like man, fuck that. Like we can play too. Like shit, Bi can hoop, Kuz can hoop, Zoe can hoop, I can hoop. You know we got dudes that can hoop. 
you see, you know, the big dude, Evisa Zubac, you know, he was, wasn't was playing the whole the whole. They're talking season. statues for Zubac yeah, exactly. already. He's he going to have a statue the whole season, And then he, he starts playing like three or four day, games ago, and he's over there, you know, getting double-doubles and, you know, averaging like 18 points, like 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, we can fucking hoop. Right. Like, like this, like obviously, you know, Bron, we don't want Bron to be hurt and we don't right. want him to miss games, but shit like. If he's out, we're not skipping a beat. That's just more opportunity for us to go out there to hoop and it's just to show that, like, it's not just LeBron and the Lakers. Like, we, we can hoop. What what has been the deal with the team? Because, uh, you know, there's been inconsistencies. And, and uh, like, to you, like, just in basketball, like, wh- how, like, when you, when you guys, I mean, it's still early in the season, but it ain't that early, especially in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. What, what is the, what needs to happen with the Lakers to can stay consistent, like like when you guys talk about we need to get back on defense or we need to run or not run because like there's a discussion should we run a lot? But LeBron's not traditionally like a a running player. Like he holds the ball. Like what is the what do you think is the key basketball thing when everybody's healthy for you guys to reach your potential? Because believe it or not, even me, the biggest LeBron shit talker, I want to see the Lakers and the and the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Like I want to see that happen, and I want to see Magic. Win a championship. Yeah. Not necessarily before my Knicks. It's far-fetched. It's far-fetched. But I want to see. I, I love him so much that I want to mm. see that. So what needs to happen basketball-wise for this team this year to reach its potential consistently? Yeah, for us, I think it would be kind of like the the maturity and the attention to detail aspect of it. What does that mean, maturity? We have, we have like the talent we you know to win games and be successful in this league. But, you know... When you know the maturity and the attention to detail aspect is doing it for 82 games, doing it every possession, because you see, like it, like Sacramento, where we have a lead in the fourth, you know, that gets walked down, and then we're up two with what three seconds or whatever it was when they inbound the ball, um, and they make a shot at the end, you know, about to be there to beat us, but it wasn't just that shot that caught, you know, that caused us to lose. It was, you know, I didn't get the re, I didn't. Um, stopping Mon Shepard, you know, from getting one of the offensive rebounds, you know, when they tied the game up. So it's like this, those little plays, if we figure out, you know, and we we are locked in on every play and realize that every possession counts, then that's when, you know, it will, we can really make a lot of noise in the sleep. We can still make it now, but that's what we have to really grow up to. And I think part of that is um, – being young, you know, those 20 B.I. just turned 21, you know, and, you know, for, for me... Wait, Brandon so, Ingram just turned 21? Just turned 21. Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird as hell, right? So... This is his third, third year? Third year. This is third year. Yeah, exactly. So... Damn. Um, for me, it's a little bit different um, because I played four years of college, but these are kids that came in, came out of college for, you know, this one year. This dude's been in the league three, three years. years. And it's two years younger than me. Like, what type of shit is that? And Lonzo's twenty. Lonzo's twenty. So these dudes, Zo, me and Zo can't even go to the club together if we wanted to. He, I mean, I don't know, he might be able to get in, you know, because he's Lonzo. But he, you know, he, he might have, to, you might see him at, at the bar trying with a fake ID or some shit like that's like he can't. He's not even twenty one. He can't even drink. So that's nuts. Um, I think once we figure that out, and it's, it helps having LeBron, Rondo, and Tyson Chandler there because they're really. You Don't know, forget my man JaVel. JaVel He there. even feels like he's been in the league for 26 exactly. years. Yeah, facts. But, you know, having those vets there to kind of teach us those things, 
um, is really good for us. So now is now is his time to really, um, you know, really get that mo- get that attention detail aspect going and really start to mature, you know, in this league. All right, Josh Hart, I wish you nothing but luck with your career. Keep kicking ass. Keep talking shit. Keep telling these reporters to get out of your face. Stop questioning you and keep playing hard. Um, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a Villanova fan. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a low-key. Don't tell anybody, but I'm a low-key Lakers fan. <laughs> and, and and I want to see you guys thrive and, and, and do good, man. Cool. Appreciate so, it. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Nah, thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. I want to thank Josh Hart for rocking with the best. I wish you a successful second half of your second year in the NBA and a successful career Um, going forward I can't wait to have you back on the podcast continue kicking ass continue playing uh, ridiculously hard and I'm rooting for these uh, uh, Los Angeles Lakers to do good the 2018 Sick Fuck of the Year award has been given we are here it's 2019 for the final time happy new year uh, we plan on kicking more and more ass championship podcasting here at the I Am Rap Boy Stereo Podcast. Championship podcasting all year long. Can't stop, will not stop. On and on to the break of dawn. Miles, Jordan, please take us out of here on this inaugural 2019 I Am Rap Boy Stereo Podcast episode with something real nice, something real proper, uh, but most importantly, something real funky. I'm out. <laughs>